Lord, we thank you for arranging things to protect our souls, Lord. We thank you for arranging things that you didn't put too much on us that we could bear. Lord, we thank you for arranging things to help us stay in our right minds, Lord. Lord, we thank you for arranging things. And Lord, even when we can't see it, Lord, you're making a way for us out of no way. And for that, Lord, we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. We want to say thank you. Lord, help us to be more grateful and more thankful in our hearts. Help us to be more appreciative for who you are and, Lord, for what you've done. Lord, help our hearts to be more like yours, to love more freely, Lord, to give, Lord, more freely, Lord. Lord, to be open to our neighbors, Lord, to be lights and example to those who are around us, Lord. Lord, to forgive, Lord, even as you've forgiven us, Lord. Lord, to be thankful and grateful, Lord, for even the small things you've done in our lives. Help us, Lord. And Lord, on today, Lord, you strengthen us. Somebody came downtrodden and discouraged, Lord. Lord, you lift up that discouraged heart right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, somebody came here with their heart literally shattered into pieces. But Lord, you can mend that broken heart right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Somebody came here hurting in their body, Lord. Lord, you heal like only you can. Lord, by your stripes, we were healed, Lord. We're declaring it in the past because, Lord, it's already done right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, whatever else we desire, Lord, we said if you ask in your name. So in the name of Jesus, you do it right now. In the name of Jesus, you fix it right now. In the name of Jesus, you heal it right now. In the name of Jesus, you repair what is broken right now. In Jesus' name, we declare all these things. And for your sake, we give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the praise. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise right now. In Jesus' name, it is done. In Jesus' name. Come on and praise God. Point at somebody next to him and say, it is done. It is done. In the name of Jesus, it is done. Hallelujah. Amen. Continue to praise God this morning. He's done so many great and wonderful things. Amen. God has meant so much to each of us. Each of us can tell a story of what he's done for you. You all join in with us. Some of us call him Savior. Some of us call him a healer. Some of us call him a helper. He's done so much for us. Whatever he means to you, you give him glory and honor and praise for that. Hallelujah.
kind of I got this morning. You, you, the man you have come to worship. Has come to worship you. The man you raised. The man you raised. Come to honor you. Has come to honor you. The man yes, you raised. The man you raised has come to worship you. Thank you, God. Thank you for being our keeper. Thank you for being our healer, God. Thank you for being our protector. Thank you for making ways out of no way and opening up doors, Lord. Hallelujah. You're a great king and we love you, God. Hallelujah. You're a very present help in time of trouble. Hallelujah. You keep our hearts. Hallelujah. You give up this perfect peace of our mind and stay on me. Hallelujah. We love you, God. Hallelujah. We excel your name. We adore you, God. For all that you've done. And for most importantly, for who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. should already be doing. Hallelujah. That's why my worship might look different than yours. But it just reminds us of what God has done for us. It, it, it reminds us of our connection. It reminds us of our relationship. The song comes to, to remind us that we owe God our praise. That we owe God our worship. That we owe God our very best. That's how we honor him because we were the man that God has healed. We've been healed, we've been saved, and we've been delivered. And because God has done all of those things for us, we return to God our worship. We return to the throne of grace with our praise. We return to his throne and just say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for healing me. I thank you for delivering me. Lord, I thank you for saving me. Lord, I thank you. You've reminded me 
of what you've done for me. That's what worship is. It reminds you of what God has done for you. It reminds you of who God is to you. So when I lift my hands, I'm just acknowledging God from a real place. I'm acknowledging because I know who he is to me. Oh, I know who he is to me. I know what he's done for me. I can't worship him for you. I have to worship him for myself because I know what God has done for me. Has God done anything for anybody? I said, has God done? Oh, has God brought you out of something? Has God delivered you from something? Has God protected you from something? Oh, I worship him and I thank him for what he has done. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, we approach your throne right now in a real way, seeking your understanding of through your word. Help your word to impart to us the directions that you would have us to take, the path which you want us to travel. Allow your word to push us towards your promises and propel us along the path of destiny that you've designed for us. Lord, this is a destiny moment. Lord, I do not want to miss it. Lord, do not pass me by right now. But allow me, don't allow me to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. You can put those hands together as you take your seat. We thank God for each of you who've come to share with us on this morning and thank you for our virtual audience who's with us as well. And I want to go directly to the word. I'm excited about what God has for us to share with his people on this morning. I'm excited to share of his word. Amen. God has something special for us. If you'll go with us to Luke, the 19th chapter. And we're going to be looking at the first seven verses there in Luke chapter 19. Again, that's Luke chapter 19, and we'll be looking at the first seven verses there. And the word of the Lord in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 reads, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Our thought for this morning is you can't see me. You can't see me. I want to share this from a thought in a real place because I want you to understand something. That those people around you, they can't see what they cannot understand. Cannot see what they do not understand. Another way of saying it is you can see it, but you don't know what you're looking at. Let me give somebody an image for those who are not mechanically inclined. Some of you can look in your engine but you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know how it works. You don't know how it comes together. You just know when you press the button and turn the key that it comes on. You see it, but in a way you don't see it because you don't understand what you're looking at. So when I say you can't see me, somebody might actually have, have my image working through their eyes, and it's, the, the, the image is processing through their eye, but they may not know exactly what they're looking at. So somebody point at somebody and say, you can't see me. I want to talk to that 
about that in, in several parts today, and, and, and God has poured so much in this message. I may not finish today, and I'm not going to attempt to because I want to walk slowly through what God has given me relative to this text. When I say, when I, when I think of Zacchaeus and, and, and relative to our thought and to our subject, Zacchaeus was a man who was small in stature. It was difficult to see Zacchaeus. And, and for those of you who are small in stature, you've been in positions where people have looked over you. Have you ever felt like you were being looked over? I wish I, I, wish I had help here. That, that, that you were present. The person was right next to you, but, but some way, somehow, it seemed as if they were looking over you. They weren't really seeing you. You were there, but they simply did not see you. I was present. I was in the same place where you were, but, but you didn't see me. And, and let me have my little preacher come help me. Come up here, Brother Mason. Brother Mason's going to help me preach the message this morning. Because... Brother Mason got his Titans jersey on, so come on, come on, baby. I call him Bishop Mason. For those in Kojic, you understand. All right, Brother Mason. He's going to help me preach the message this morning. Because, see, there are a, a few areas I want to talk about in not being seen. Now, Mason may stand in a place where he's so close to me that I'm looking over him, and I literally cannot see him. Then in another sense... He might be present, but I'm not trying to see him. I'm making no effort to see him. So I might bump him going by because I wasn't attempting to see him. And then there's another level where I see him, but I ignore him and I keep on going. So it's like I see him, but I'm acting like I don't see him. Can we talk about all three of those this morning? Thank you, Brother Basin. I appreciate that. We're going to talk about all three because there are sometimes it's a situation where you are simply not seen. They, they, they are looking over you. And, and, and there are areas that, that, that happens all the time, but sometimes we just need to make sure we're not too sensitive to that. Have, has anybody ever said, I, I saw you on Sunday, but you didn't speak to me? And you, your response was, I didn't see you. There was no disrespect intended by that. It, the only reason that we did not connect is because I didn't see you. Oh, have you ever been driving and almost swerved into somebody else's lane? And, and they got mad at you and they may have told you you were number one with their fingers. But, 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 but sometimes you're trying to apologize through the window. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect you. I simply did not, did not, did not see you. It, it was a, a lack of awareness on my part. And as African Americans in this country, for a while, there was a time where we were simply not... I wish you were here with me. <laughs> We were there. We were present, but, but we were not seen. Uh, Brother Dred Scott, he, he'll let you know that I, I was present. I, I went to court, but they told me I didn't matter because I was not seen. I was not seen. And many times there are people who are around us, they're present, but we simply do not see them. It's as if they blend into the background. And we have to be careful because sometimes in our failure to see them, the, the Bible tells us we might be entertaining angels unaware. God may have put them in that place for a reason and you missed out on your blessing because you did not see. Some of you all work in, in, in buildings and, 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 and you're working in the buildings, you work in factories and you work in corporate offices. And there are a lot of times people around there that you simply do not see. It's as if they blend into the background. It might be the janitor who's sweeping the floor. 
might be the cafeteria worker who's working in the cafeteria, the person who's serving you. You may not, you may not see these people. They, they don't try to impose upon you. They blend into the background, but I want you to be more aware and be careful because you never know when God has placed that person in your way and you might miss your blessing because you did not see them. Then it takes me to my next level when sometimes we don't see because we are not aware. We're not looking to see anybody. We're not trying to see anyone. It's intentional intentional on our part. It's not that we always see them, but we're just not looking. They're to your left, but I'm not looking to my left. Because I'm not trying to see anybody. And and, and what we're doing, it's as if we're ignoring things in our lives. And by ignoring it, I'm telling you, you're going to miss out on something. You're going to miss out on your blessing. And what do you all, you need an example of that. You know that person that owes you money? And they're in the same place, but they act like they don't see you. And they may not see you because they're not trying. Come on in here with me now. They're not trying to see you. Don't get mad at me. You owe me money. (laughs) Don't act like you got glaucoma all of a sudden. You can't. You've lost your peripheral vision. You can't see me. Come on in here with me now. They're being intentional. They're not trying to see. And sometimes as Christians, we can be guilty of this. You know God is going to hold you responsible for what you see, for the people you see, but, but rather you are intentional in not trying to look. I'm not going to look over in that direction because they might want my help over there, so I'm going to act like I'm on in here. Can't see over there. Can't, can't, can't see over there. You know, you know how folks act, folks act who don't like you? Walking your build, walking around you, they can be two feet away from you, and they act like they don't see you. You speak to them, "Hey, how you doing?" And oh, oh, I didn't see you. Stop, stop lying. Come on. You didn't lose your peripheral vision because you mad at me. You just trying. You're not trying to see me. My 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 mother-in-law often often remarks that Joseph. We know that my son Joseph, he he doesn't meet any strangers. But even as a young boy. She said he'd be one or two years old, and she'd be carrying him around in, in the basket in Walmart. And while they're driving around, Joseph would speak to everybody. He'd be like, hey, hey. And then sometimes they wouldn't speak to him. And he'd be like, nanny, he acted like he didn't see me. <laughs> he'd know he saw me. And then Joseph would say, hey, hey. He started yelling <laughs> They tried to act like they didn't see him, but they saw him. They just weren't trying to see him. And many of us are guilty of that, and yet we are responsible for where we are. You think you're not responsible for your neighbor just because you act like you don't see him? Oh, come on now. You think you're not responsible to be a light to every place that you are just because you pretend not to see people who are around you? You're still, point at somebody and say, you're still responsible. You're still responsible to be a light. You're still responsible to be an example, even when you don't attempt to find those people who are just sitting there beside you, acting as if you don't understand their plight. You know, you're at the light with the person who needs $5, and and you look in the head like you don't see them. I'm not saying you owe them $5, but I'm saying that's what I'm talking about. You're acting as if, You're not not trying to see that. We have to be careful about how we treat people because we have a responsibility as Christians. And then this is the last group, and and, and I I want you to be careful about this last group. This is a group of people who see you and then intentionally ignore you. They lay eyes on you and then like, (laughs) then walk off. They don't speak. They, 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 they regard you as if they didn't see you when you know good and well they saw you. 
You laid eyes on me and you're acting as if, and in, in, in a way it's not as if they're acting like they don't see you, they're acting like you're not there. Mm. I'm here. I'm present. I, I, I'm God's creation. I, I'm important. But you're going to act like I'm not here. Uh, you got to watch how many times you expose yourself to people who are, when in your presence, they act like you're not there. You got to watch. Because if they don't have regard for me, I, I question their regard for God because God created me. So how can you regard God if you don't regard me? Oh, you need a scripture. How can you love God who you have not seen and love not your brother who you what? See, see, see daily. So if you don't have regard for me, baby, you must not have regard for God because, baby, you got, if you're going to love God, you better know how to love me. If you plan to see God, see God in peace, you better learn how to see me. Better learn how. Because, see, what, we, we have to be careful because you shouldn't continuously expose yourself to people who are like that. These days, they call them toxic. They call them toxic people. You have to be careful exposing yourself to toxic people. The reason they say it's toxic is that, is that means you can catch it. <laughs> you can catch it. And see, the thing about toxicity is its exposure doesn't, isn't even relegated just to touch. If you're around something that's toxic, breathing the air around something that's toxic, ah, you're going to come in here with me in a minute can have detrimental impact on you just because you're in the same room with something that's toxic. <laughs> so, so, so that means I, I can't keep walking in the places where there are toxic chemicals because the chemical doesn't have to touch me. It can reach me just by me breathing the same air where the toxic chemical is. The toxicity it doesn't just impact touch. It impacts the environment. So being around a person that's toxic means that toxic person is impacting your environment. They're impacting your environment. So sometimes you have to what, what, I'm trying to think what, what Bishop Maynard likes to say. He says, you have to absent yourself <laughs> from toxic situations. That means you need to be absent. That means, okay, I'm going to have to be real for a minute. I need to break it down for you. That means I'm not showing up. I'm not showing up to toxic situations. I'd have to remove myself from toxic situations because I need to continuously live in an environment where I can thrive. And what God has in me needs, get this, it needs to breathe. <laughs> What God has placed in me, it's more important than I am. And to preserve what he's put in me, I need to put it in an environment where it can breathe. Uh, and your toxicity is strangling me. Your, 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 your toxic attitude is, is strangling and, and, and it's depriving of oxygen, the thing that God has put in me. And when God gave it to me, just like he gave the men the talents, he anticipates that I'm going to cause that thing to grow and get better. God is entrusting what he put in me that I'm going to make it better. I have to make it better. 
but it can't grow in your toxic atmosphere. Because your toxicity is having a negative impact on my environment. <sighs> Let me give you this. You know why all the negative people at work hang together? You know why they all hang together? I'm going to give you this. It's going to bless you. Because they can all breathe the same toxic air. The toxic air doesn't impact them because they're already negative. But then a positive person walks into that same atmosphere and they're like, what's that smell? What's, I can't, I can't breathe. I can't stay in here because it's too toxic. I'm trying to help you. I I had some assistants at a school that I worked with and, 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 and and because we work with very challenging kids, I, I told them, I said, sometimes I want you to get out of the room for your lunch. Go somewhere else. Just breathe and, 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 and enjoy your time. This is your time. Don't even think about the children. But then I kept seeing them. Uh, Sister Linda, they kept coming back into the room to eat. And I asked them, I said, well, why don't you go somewhere else? Why don't you go to a different lounge? They said, everywhere else we go to eat, the people are so negative. I'd rather stay in here where I can breathe. (laughs) I I could not breathe in that negative, toxic atmosphere. And that's why the negative people can hang together because they breathe the same toxic air. I can't breathe here. And what I'm about to tell you, and I'm about to round the corner quickly, so put put your seatbelts on. That means I'm not going to continually stay in situations, even if it's family. Even if it's family. How many children do we have that are messed up today because you kept exposing them to toxic people with the excuse that they were family? How many children, let's get real with it, how many children got abused? Because you know Uncle Earl touches folks. But you, we gonna pray for maybe now. You need to get out of the same toxic environment where Uncle Harold is laying his hands on kids. He's toxic. He impacts the environment. Don't expose your children to that. We got we got family members who 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 are socially awkward and just mean to each other. Just bad. You know, you got one family member right now. You can think about it. Don't call their name out loud, but they just mad all the time. And they mean to everybody. And you keep exposing your children to that, and then they go to school and they mean. And they go to school and they mad. And they go into school talking crazy to people because you have normalized something that is socially inappropriate because you're exposing them to an environment that is toxic with the excuse that it's family. And what God put in me needs to breathe. Come on, say it with me. Say, what God put in me needs to breathe. It needs to breathe. It needs to breathe. It needs oxygen. So now, let me help you with this. If the toxic people can hang together because they can breathe the same air in the same environment, let me explain to you why some people don't like you. Because what God put in me, it impacts the environment around me. And then when the toxic people come into your atmosphere, I know some of you in, you in factories and you work with people who pray together and, and y'all share God's word together and some folks don't like you and some folks try and talk about you. It's because when they get in your atmosphere, baby, they can't breathe. Oh, 
I'm trying to help you. They, 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 they don't want to breathe the same oxygen in the same environment where you are because it's an insult to them because they have gone accustomed to toxic air. And they don't understand why you're not over there talking about people behind their back. And they don't understand why you're not over there complaining about every situation that you have at work. And, and they don't understand why you're not gossiping about everybody else, uh, about the supervisor and about the company. They don't understand that. It's a different type of air. And they have trouble with you because they cannot So, so what, what, what am I saying? Uh, when we around, walk around people who are toxic, I don't care if they're family. Baby, stop exposing yourself and your children to toxic situations. I'm not exposing my children to toxic situations. I don't care how close family you are. And you know what else you need to do? Once, if they get exposed, you need to go ahead and tell the truth. Come on, come on, tell the truth. Baby, Uncle Earl, he's a sex offender. He just hasn't been prosecuted. He hasn't gone to jail yet. So that's why we're not coming to the family reunion. Come on in here now. I'm not exposing you to that which is toxic. We need to call it like it is. You need a scripture. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. And our failure to speak truth to certain situations has caused things to die in us and our children because we continuously expose it to a toxic environment and then it cannot breathe. Cannot breathe. And I'm going to finish this next Sunday, but let me give you this. Let me go back to the text. Zacchaeus, he wasn't seen. People couldn't see him. So he climbed up in the tree. And this is what toxic folks say. Toxic folks say, mm, look at that sinner trying to be great. Mm -mm. Zacchaeus didn't climb in the tree so people could see him. He climbed up in the tree so he could see Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and there's some toxic folks in your life think you're walking up, you're stepping up, you all this, you think you all that, you're trying to be great. No, baby, I'm trying to see. <laughs> you acting like you don't like us anymore. You've changed since you've been in the church. Baby, I hope that I've been changed because, oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my life. It's not about me being seen. Baby, it's about me seeing Jesus. And, and, and Zacchaeus said, there's a time limit on this thing. He said, because the scripture said, I need to get in the tree before he passes this way. If I don't hurry up and climb in this tree, I'm not going to be able to see Jesus. So baby, I'm not running away from you. I'm running to Jesus. Baby, I'm not trying to get away from you, but I'm, I'm trying. I wish I had help here. I'm trying to get to Jesus. And I understand if I don't climb up in this tree right now, I'm going to miss my opportunity to lay my eyes on Jesus. I need to see Jesus even if he doesn't see me because he has an impact just by me being able to see Jesus. It reminded me of the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I don't need to see Jesus. I, mean, I don't need him to see me. But she said, I need to see Jesus. She said he didn't have to touch me. But she said if I can touch but the hem of his garment I shall be. Somebody preach it with me. Say I shall be made whole. So she sneaks up on Jesus. She grabs a hold of his garment. Jesus turns around and he said who touched me? He said I know you touched me because I didn't touch you. But somehow when you touch me, the same healing that would have flowed from my hand, it flowed from my garment. And somehow somebody in this crowd, they got their healing. And I'm telling somebody this morning, 
Jesus didn't have to see you. But if you see Jesus, if you touch Jesus with your prayer, if you touch Jesus with your praise, I dare somebody to lift up those hands and say, Make me whole. Make me whole. Touch my body. In the name of Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Everybody say it on your feet. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Zacchaeus, even though he was short, even though. He was small, even though he was a sinner. All he needed to do was see Jesus. Because the the implicit, the thing that's implicit in the text is me seeing Jesus elevates my faith. Because Jesus already sees me. Jesus sees you wherever you are. Jesus, he sees you. You are known to our Savior. You're not an unknown quantity. Jesus, he sees you. Wherever you are, whatever you've done. Jesus, he sees you. And he doesn't just see you for where you are. He sees you for what you shall be. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but but when he does appear, he shall see us for who we are. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word to come and strengthen and encourage us. Lord, we thank you for your word, for somebody who walked in here feeling unseen, somebody who's sitting at home on their computer or their laptop or or, or their phone and, and they don't feel seen, but Lord, you see us. You see us. And we're not waiting on you to make your move. Lord, we need to make our move. Spiritually in our heart, we need to be like Zacchaeus. We need to climb into the sycamore tree. We need to go into our prayer closets. We need to give our hearts and our minds. We need to lift up our hearts to you. And when we give it to you, Lord, you'll heal. Lord, you'll deliver. Lord, you'll make whole. Lord, you'll change it. Lord, you'll turn it around. Lord, you'll bring it to pass. Lord, you'll make it happen right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're claiming in this house right now, everybody under the sound of my voice, we're claiming healing, Lord. Lord, we're claiming deliverance, Lord. We're claiming a breakthrough, Lord. We're claiming, Lord, you're repairing the heart. Lord, you're repairing the breach, Lord. You're bringing it back together right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody put a praise on that right now in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we appreciate that which you put in us. We're going to be careful what we expose it to. Lord, help us flee toxicity in our own lives. Put us in environments where that which is in us can grow because that which you have put in us is more important than we are. Lord, we have this treasure in earth vessels, And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Help us to be cognizant and protect that which is within that we may give you all the glory that you may receive all the honor. And Lord, we'll confer upon you all the praise in Jesus' name. Somebody put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live by faith until we shall see you again. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, 
You can do so by Give a Fuck. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.